When shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? When the hurly-burly's done, when the battle's lost and won, that will e'er be the set of sun. Where the place, upon the heath, there to meet with Macbeth. Shakespeare's Macbeth, The Three Witches. I'm Tasha Wheelhouse, and this is Copper Shock. Since that night, I've kept a wary lookout for the man with the glowing eye and his cigarette, but nothing. Nate and I tried to research online anything connected to the ravine. No construction accidents, town history tragedy, reported murders, nothing. Not even other people posting their stories about a ghost in the ravine. Months later, friends were hanging out at my house. By now, they all knew the story Nate and I had told them. They began to talk in a circle, teasing one another about who wants to go back to the ravine. They were getting each other psyched up, and they finally started organizing carpools. I wasn't so sure of what to do, so I grabbed my coat too. Nate wasn't at that party, because I think maybe he would have talked me out of it. I didn't want to be a buzzkill. We parked on the ravine road and hopped the fence to the river with the bridge. We walked down together on that long dirt road with a canopy of now dried branches. It was cold out and fall was moving in. Some of the boys snuck up behind the girls to grab their waist and scare them, but me? I was walking and watching the black tree line, scanning it for any small burning lights. We reached the river holding out our cell phone flashlights. No one was really taking it seriously. We ended up having a good time, walking about exploring the small river. Stop it! You want to make it mad? I heard a girl say from behind me. I turned around. Garrison cocked back his arm and pitched a mid-sized rock in a wide arc. He managed to knock some dry branches loose from a tree. Nothing's happening. No ghost here, Savvy. Garrison said, adjusting his blue baseball cap on his head. My full name was Sabrina, but all my friends called me Savvy. No wonder, genius. The ghost wasn't at the river. He was on the road. The only way out. I pointed to the long dirt road we had walked from. The lights from our phones shone that direction as I pointed. But our phone lights eventually faded out into an unpleasant and vacant darkness. That road wasn't so bad. We just came from there. Garrison protested. Why don't you go stand out there alone? I heard another boy call out from behind me. Done. Garrison winked at me and started walking over to the mouth of the dirt road. I listened to his footsteps over. He had his hands in his pockets and stopped at about the threshold of where our phone lights stopped illuminating the dirt at his feet. Now what? He called back to the group. We stood there, rather stupidly, pointing our lights at him. I called out, 
That's the thing. I couldn't see the man here before because of Nate's headlights. They were pointed right at our faces. Ah, okay then. Everybody, turn around. Garrison, we're gonna turn our phones away and you pick someone to sneak up on. Nice. Let's do it. I've got my eye on you, Janessa. I looked over to Janessa as she blushed and turned around, smiling to herself. Savvy, come on, turn around. Everyone, point your phone toward the river. Let's go. Everyone obeyed. I turned too. I felt the empty night crawl up over my ankles, then my legs, back, shoulders, until it reached my hair. This was far worse. At least I could see when the man sat in Nate's car, but now I was holding the light in front of my chest, and so was everyone else. We all stayed so quiet to listen for Garrison. A crunch on the ground behind me. I was sure of it. I froze every muscle listening for his steps. Perhaps I was listening for more than that. What if the step on the ground was unnatural and maybe just maybe wasn't his? I started to shake. The rolling river was slow. I breathed. A hand traced its finger down the middle of my back. I screamed and turned around. Frantically, I pointed my phone in all directions. Everyone else in my group followed suit, laughing and turning around to face me. But in an instant, everyone stopped laughing. Garrison was missing. What was it, Sabby? I looked up to a friend in my group and just started rubbing my lower back where I had felt the hand stroke me. We all started to slowly walk out to the area where Garrison was last seen. Garrison, real funny, man. It's my turn, come on out. But no one called back. The group noticeably started walking closer together. Isn't that his hat? Someone bent down picking up the blue baseball cap from the road. A boy called out this time with a more serious tone. Garrison, stop messing around, you're scaring us now. The girls linked arms together and started to hug one another. I want to leave, I heard a girl say. Don't be dumb, we're not leaving without him. What if it's the guy that Sabby mentioned? <laughs> right the boy said. I could tell he was not convinced. We all became quiet again. The boy shook his head and called out again. Garrison! We all sat quiet, listening for a response. <coughs> a scream from my left and then relieved laughter Garrison had been hiding in the woods on the side, waiting for Janessa to pass him only to leap out and grab her. Did I getcha? He beamed. Janessa blushed and playfully slapped his arm away from her. 
Okay, time to go home. I'm freezing. Everyone nodded to take this as a good excuse as any to now finally take our leave from the ravine. By the time we returned to my house, it was later into the evening. Many of my friends decided to go home, and few decided to stay and turn on a movie. About seven or so of my friends fell asleep on the carpet about me. Eventually, I did too. I awoke to a dark, quiet living room. A familiar feeling of my stomach twisting. Same as it did when I reached for Nate's door handle all those months ago. Slowly, I turned my face through the glass sliding doors. I saw him. A tall, burly man, standing calm, smoking a cigarette. I started to breathe harder. With each intake of breath, his right eye glowed golden fire. I could see him slowly moving his iris from girl to girl, each of them passed out in the room around me. He was looking them over. I nudged my nearest friend, waking her softly as possible. I looked at her, and she knew exactly what I meant as I said, it followed me again. She looked over to the door. The man looked to the two of us, and quietly dropped his cigarette, stubbing it out with his heel. His hand then reached up for the door handle. I felt relief escape me when I heard a familiar thunk. The door was locked. Without urgency, he looked back up to the two of us and turned, walking away. My friend and I woke up the rest of the room and told them a man was looking in on us and I was going to get my parents. The police were called, but all they could find were two cigarette butts and no footprints. That was the last time I went to the ravine dirt road. I know for a fact now, whatever is down there, it will follow you home. And I don't plan on finding out what happens when he finally catches you. This episode was produced by me, Tasha Wheelhouse. The story contents were based on a submission from a subscriber, Nathaniel Free. If you enjoyed this channel and would like to offer support, please visit us at coppershock.com forward slash support. Please feel free to reach out to me here at Coppershock as I love hearing from you. My email is submissions at coppershock.com. These stories are copyright of Coppershock and produced by me, Tasha Wheelhouse. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you again.